0: Welcome to Crouch Bind Set, the podcast where we talk about rugby, especially the front row. I'm John and joining me are Dylan and JT. Let's get into this week's action. All right,
1: boys. So how was the week? Dylan, how you doing? Pretty good. Another uh, week of Six Nations with obviously some controversy because apparently that's the new thing needed for Six Nations Weekend. Yeah, just a little bit. That's yeah. just rugby in a nutshell these days, isn't it? Yeah,
0: you'd say that. But overall, pretty good. JT, how about you? Super rugby is
2: back, baby. Pretty good yeah. Thursday morning or Friday night, whatever the fuck it was. So it was like
0: good. Chiefs-Crusaders?
2: Oh, man, it was awesome. the. Uh, I did like how they put that game first. Man, it was awesome. Awesome game. I watched Chiefs on fire, man. Yeah. Like, on fire. And then watching the crew come back in the second half kind of like reminds you of why they're they've won seven in a row but yeah i know it was it was awesome weekend and then like the problem was it was followed up by a brumby's um oh. brumby's rebels game yeah. which is like if anyone hasn't seen it it's a must miss yeah so <laughs> um, womp, womp yeah uh, and
0: then yeah tons of rugby i probably watched too much rugby i should spend more time with the family i think yeah well huh. there's something to be said for that i guess But speaking of rugby family, uh, I had a great weekend, went down across the border uh, in support of the fundraiser. One of the women from our club is going to be playing in the South Buffalo team for their Super Regionals in Chicago. And they were having a fundraiser. I don't know what a Super Regional is, but it's even better than a regional, apparently. It's super. It's super. And if you win that, you go to Nationals, which I think was pretty damn good. And that's down in Texas. Is that the Super Duper tournament? It's the the Extra. Yeah. But uh, it was fantastic. So we were there at a a fundraiser. And at the fundraiser, there was actually an announcement of a uh, Buffalo Charitable Foundation that pledged them $10,000 towards uh, supporting their trip. And also pledged them $10,000 a year for the next two years. To the South Buffalo Rugby Club. Oh, good so, for that. So yeah, exactly. Wow. So it was fantastic news, got delivered on the night, and that might be the scariest dive bar that I've been to in the United States. Well, they okay. got some great ones. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I had a fun year down there, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I actually met a guy who remembered you. His name was Justin. I don't know if you have any idea. Cerny, tall guy. Yeah, he was. Oh yeah, great guy. Yeah. Well, we he, had some fun on Halloween, but yeah. He he
1: spoke well of you, so there you go. That's good. We didn't start out well.
0: He also mentioned that. He, yeah. said, he said that occasionally huh? you would throw hands.
1: Yeah, well, it's like a common theme with Dylan. <laughs> yeah. It's a
0: bonding. Sp- it's per- it's nothing here. we haven't heard before, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I'm mostly listeners. Scottish with a bit of Irish. What do you expect? <laughs> wow, that is anti-Irish. I, I'm going to say it's pro-Scottish, but anti-Irish. Yeah, well, <laughs> tomato potato. <laughs> wow, that's anti-Irish tomato potato. It felt right. Okay, that. that's fair. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah. we had a weekend of rugby, most definitely. So let's let's take this through uh chronologically and have let's talk about Wales Ireland. My opinion least interesting game of the weekend. Right, well we yeah.
1: I mean, kind of knew how it was going to go going in and there was no at least that I remember controversy. No real surprises. No. Even now, that, you know what? Wales, I like the fact of Wales forward pack, they did
0: they kept their heads in it. Like no surprise, but they, they tried to keep the team in it. I feel like Wales has got some young guns that are going to... They're showing promise already, Boy, and it bodes well for the future. But they there was just no way they were going to match up against Ireland. No, it felt inevitable. I mean, 22
1: minutes in, it was 10 nothing, and it, it seemed like, okay, Wales, you're, a, you're already
0: doing better than I think. I don't know. One of the things that I noticed, and I mentioned it to you guys at the time, and this, for me, is part of the continuing theme of looking at Andrew Porter and the way Andrew Porter is scrummaging. The fact that Peter Omani was reaching in and propping up his yeah, elbow that is on, the, on the engage and on the push. I mean, on the one hand, congratulations, Peter Omani, for being a, a good captain and yeah. you know, helping out your team. Welcome to the front row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But why doesn't Porter know? I know. Why is Omani having to do that?
1: Yeah, that was actually a note that I made. It was bizarre watching because I'm pretty sure... like, So I wrote Porter with air quotes, dominating scrum. I put the air quotes because he, had like, he won like four penalties. All of them, which I can't believe he didn't get penalized. There he was, was not a, straight. At least two. He was basically 90 degrees looking down the channel at the ref. Yeah. And still got the call. Like, like I, for a guy that strong, it's bizarre he can't stay straight in the scrum. Uh,
2: yeah, so the... I think it all I think it all started with the first scrum. Uh, Azerati loses his bind and then from there Porter eats him. Yeah. And then for the rest of the game Porter just kind of owns them. So, I would agree Porter easily could have been penalized, but I think there was 50-50 and Porter just had the upper hand in the first few. And that yeah. was just the, well, you the said, way the ref saw it. That first scrum yeah. he generally earned it. Yeah, then, exactly. Yeah. And, and I then, think the picture got painted too quick. Yeah. The narrative was there Porter yeah. was the on the ascend, right? Because when Lewis came on I believe it was a bit different. Yeah, it was. I think Lewis is a better better scrummager he's he's an underrated scrummager i think he's a very good scrummager and he's at quinn's right so i would imagine the toolage of jones he's i think he's a good scrummager he's also with will collier who is a good scrummager so he's only getting better um but again the thing with porter is he i think Porter's the key to ireland when you think of the one player that can probably not lose right right so i understand that maybe the scrumming is still questionable i kind of... I've, I've lessened that opinion. I think I think it's a bit of a narrative that's still there. Yeah. But for me right now, you watch that Ireland team, it's not that it's hard to watch. It's just hard to break them down.
0: Yeah, like, I think that's it's true. It's
2: fucking incredible, right? The... the one thing I did like, though, the one thing I did like is there's a lot of people that love to say that the best team in the world, this, this, and that. And I think Warburton was probably one person that said this is the best team in North America or in sorry in Europe. Yeah, right. I can't wait to see them play South Africa or Correct. New Zealand. Right, they have different ways of breaking that team down. But right now, you would have to say Ireland's Six Nations Grand Slam double, all those records, are Ireland's to lose.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Although based on the results, the other results of this weekend. I think it makes the Ireland-Scotland game a lot more interesting. Yeah. That's... Like I said, I was I,
1: obviously, Scott. I really hope that somehow it plays out that we take it. But I think right now, you, you could almost argue Ireland's got it buttoned up. It's Ireland's to lose. Six point, which means no matter what, they're, they're in a the top seed going into that final game. Yeah, Scotland will believe in themselves, and they deserve to believe themselves. They're a good fucking team. Oh, absolutely. Ireland is a very exceptional team.
2: So, like... Again, and that narrative for that week will be, Ireland's too good and Scotland's too cocky, but okay. again, that's just yeah. a narrative that seems to always be there. But I I would be more, I think I would be more surprised next week when they go to Twickenham. Mm. Yeah. They don't fare well against England. I don't know what it is. The last two times they played each other in the Six Nations have been red cards. Yeah. England just has a way of sticking close to Ireland. Right. Right? And all again, all you need, a team like England will play ugly at Twickenham because they want to win we are right. not going to play what they did at Murrayfield. They're not going to do that, right? Sorry. I don't know why I'm no. going on tangents, tangent, but we should stick to the other game. All I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be more worried about England than
1: I would be Scotland right now if I were Ireland. And I can't believe oh, I'm yeah. saying that. Yeah. It's yeah, weird, I know. It's weird. It's almost like you hope England somehow miraculously won the championship. I still
0: have a chance. <laughs> I, have yes, a better, you, I have a better chance than you two. Oh, no. My chances are <laughs> gone. Ah, yeah. My chances no.
1: are, are, well, they're... Scotland's got Italy in the Listen, in uh,
2: France are two dodgy calls
1: away from being 0-3. Oh, three. Three. oh, I'll give it a sec. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. correct. I combine two thoughts into one. I'm one van de Merver waiting for big three to <and 0>. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun stat. Oh, five okay. carries. He only had five carries. Oh, yeah, for Six tackle breaks. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think for the sake of being respectful of both Ireland and Wales, you'd think that there would be more that we would have to say about this game. But the reality is, I think, that it went pretty much how everybody expected it would go. Ireland was too powerful for Wales. Wales' young guys showed promise. But in the end, Ireland is currently such, in Europe, is such a dominating team that they made their way past. I thought that the scoreline, I didn't think the scoreline was going to be Uh, That high, but I mean, credit where credit is due. Ireland got the bonus point, they got their win, they walked out of Wales, and Wales can console themselves with the fact that they've got young players with promise, and that George North remains weirdly terrifying. Uh, Strong. Very strong. One thing I found funny about
1: Ireland's game, I stopped... I stopped keeping track at one point, but I had I was, I was keeping a tally. 20 minutes into the game, I stopped. Yeah. Oh, I was, this, this one was an interesting with yeah. me because I noticed that, uh, is that I guarantee their forward pack is hearing it from Paul O'Connell until the uh. next game. When I stopped remembering to keep track, Sheehan was 0-3 for, for the back jumper and linos. Right. And I it wasn't even like they were putting pressure on it. He was just simply overthrowing them. Yeah. And it was, for a bit, it was why... I mean, Lowe scored thirty one minutes in to make it seventeen, nothing. Up until then they'd already missed two, and that was almost single handedly giving Wales like an opportunity over and over again to kinda of keep it tight and then they I mean, they never took it. But yeah. It was an interesting one. We talk
0: about Sheehan, how unbelievably good he is. Well, I think it was a confidence thing because yeah. he hadn't missed a line out throw in the entire tournament. Yeah. Then he misses one and then boom, another, boom, yeah. another. And I think that they'll iron that out. But for the day, it was surprising, uh, because he was very, very vulnerable once he'd thrown that first miss. Yeah. I also think we have to credit Ireland with the fact that they have brought back in the front row a Victorian circus strongman Uh. in Ollie Yeager, and I thought, yeah, "Yeah, that's an amazing look. We need more of that. Yeah. Well, where can you get
2: a a fucking (laughs) seven-time super rugby-winning tight head that... Making his international debut. debut. It's, it's impressive, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. It's impressive. Any, I don't know. I think he's quite a good... look. He looks good. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he'll t- overtake Beal because I think Beal is a very good tight head, but I would imagine uh, the other one would be a little... He's going to be
1: on the outs in mm. Ulster's tight head. O'Toole? He's not a good scrummager. No, he's not good enough. He's not a good scrimmager. No. no, no know, good that scrimmager. was actually funny you say that. I was actually... I think- kept thinking to myself, like, watching all the because he was busy. He was good. Yeah, he was. And, like You're without question the third, yeah. That is, and then we talk about the other side of the scrum, and it's literally an issue for them. How is King Healy still
0: the backup? Uh, Like, nobody's 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 that's 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 what I mean. It's
1: so funny. Like,
2: again, (laughs) until the wheels come off, this island team will be the greatest thing on earth, and I think, again, like, she and missing three throws, again. In a very competitive game, that is going to destroy you right. against a good team that's going to capitalize. Against South Africa, they're going to find a way to capitalize on them. They're just going to beat the shit. Exactly. Up. Um, against Wales, it didn't really matter. Ireland do not believe they can lose. So it doesn't yeah. matter. I think if they go into the last minute down, I don't think it'll matter to them. Right. There's, there's just such weirdly... Ama- not weirdly, because they deserve it. There's an amazing belief there. Are they as good as people make them out to be? I'm not... Really sure because when it comes down to it, one of the mo- <laughs> when you lay out everything, when it all counts,
1: they can't show up because they lost to New Zealand, who were not even expected to win that game. Yeah, look, we, me, and you talked about it with Souter and Ireland and their uh, greatest rivalry yeah. is uh, with the quarterfinals, and said so it's the only rugby rivalry more lopsided than the <laughs> Bledisloe.
2: It is unbelievable. And it's different, too, because in the Six Nations, they know each other so well because they play each other every single year. Mm -hmm. So they know each other. They get that intimate feeling. We're at the same thing. Rugby James, you get that same feeling. That's why a lot of these games are close. Ireland should have beaten that Wales team. The way Ireland playing and the way the Wales team are sort of setting up, that should have been 50, 60 points. But because they
0: know each other so well, it makes it close. And Wales is good at kind of being sticky and keeping close enough. It's that red shirt. Who's?
2: I just, I think, I think it was R.G. Snyman. He said the biggest, the the, the team that he hates playing the most was the Welsh, and it's not because he doesn't like enjoy it. It's just because they never fucking go away. Yeah. You can't just put them away. Yeah. And in fairness, the first game of the season with Scotland, it's like you thought they were put away, and they yeah. could have gone by more. And the next thing you know, they're almost winning the fucking game. Yeah. So in fairness, I get it. The one the one thing I do notice though this weekend is, we rugby itself is they're trying to favor, they're trying to create favoritism towards the attack right so if there's a 50 50 call there's a good chance the attack's going to get that call right one thing i noticed is how many times like island's very good at playing at the line those forwards those tip balls they're very very good yeah but if that ball carrier doesn't make a good choice takes it into contact and gets and gets dominated in the tackle and they lose how often do their support players come in from the sides
0: oh it's ridiculous
2: crazy. I know, and then I I watched it
0: so close to the line. They,
2: I think they do it more than a lot of other teams. But I watched it specifically in the England Scotland game. Didn't see it as much because their forwards, no one really got that forward momentum, so you kind of didn't really work out in that kind of way. But watching France, Mm -hmm. man, I, I challenge you guys to watch France's first try. Watch the first the break. The break that the blind side makes is because Dante takes out the pillar. Yeah. It's, right. it's not even the rock. I know. He takes out the pillar completely, and the guy just picks it up and goes. Yeah. Break, and then a couple phases later, they score a try that I still don't think is a try. No. But anyways. So yeah, I watched Ireland do it. More often than not, if you put up a dominant tackle on an Irish carrier, you're going to get cleaned out from the side. Right. So I, again, I understand we're, we're attacking... The, the, were favorite, favoritism towards the attacking team. But in that instance, the defense showed up and they did something good. They beat you in the tackle and they dominated it. Why do they get not get the fortunes of a penalty or anything like yeah. that? I don't get that part of the,
0: the game. The other thing I was starting to notice very along the same line was Irish players who would be standing almost like blockers in the defensive line and you would get these guys who were standing and they would be all ahead of the rock and they're standing there looking and what the hell are you supposed to do if you're the defending team to get these guys out of the way and if it happens once maybe it's just a guy who's made mm. a bad call and is slow to retreat but it kept on happening and it's obvious that this is a technique to slow the other team down from even seeing line what's speed. going on at the breakdown it takes yeah. up their line speed because yeah. if someone
2: fucks up and takes the wrong angle they've now created a hole
0: it, so it speaking works. of fucking up Then there was England and Scotland. (laughs) Where
2: do we even begin with
1: this?
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Ball gets kicked off. England goes sideline to sideline. Next fucking play, they box kick it. Yeah, I know. Like, right away, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, really? And then, fair enough, they score that wicked try off the scrum. Yeah. Which, again, the back's very well, but... Ben Earl coming off the back of the scrum and Darge. I don't know what happened to him but he, he was a step too late. Long, yeah. Yeah. He was a he step stayed late and then Finn Russell seems like he read that and came in too soon and yep. then yeah. let uh Tupelotti sort of forced him in and that's when he got taken out by Slade and then that was, it was pretty much game from there for yeah. that, right? Beautiful try. And then from there it's I just mean, like that was their entire <laughs> It's like they put all their efforts into, into that, that play. It's the one play they've been playing. They've been practicing for two weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: What, I, what I, would, I was nervous. What I would say was that in terms of coaching and in terms of game preparation, for the first 20 minutes of that game, England were asserting what they wanted the game to be. And they were very successful for that first 20 minutes yeah. in rattling the Scots, in pushing their game plan and what they wanted the game to look like. But once the Scottish kind of recovered and decided, okay, here's how we're gonna take on the Blitz defense, we got a little bit rattled, yeah. but now we're back, and then it was like a lookout.
2: Yeah, it was I think those I heard it over calls, those first 19 minutes had 10 handling
1: errors. Yeah, it was wild. Really?
0: Yeah. For both combined. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 10 handling Nervous. errors. Nervous. Yeah, yeah,
1: I like and then like you said the first 20 was England. Like, it was their game. I was really nervous. And then, in true, un-Scott-like fashion, they rallied and didn't just fold sometimes. Like, because they obviously have a tendency to do that. Yeah. All of a sudden, it was...
0: You could see earlier yeah. versions of Scotland might have folded under that pressure. Yeah. Because there was enough there mm. that you could panic. Because there was a lot going wrong.
2: Yeah. They were trying. until yeah. Until the eighth minute when they were down by uh, two, two scores, and all of a sudden, they're box kicking.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah.
2: Why? Yeah. Why are we reverting back to this game plan that got you to a semifinal when you're two two, two scores behind? Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. Well, I understand you're going yeah, shit exactly. exactly most of the game. It just didn't seem like it, it's, it was illogical to me. I don't know. I didn't get it. I, I, don't, I don't really get it. Again, I also don't buy this whole I'm three games in and I'm, I'm sort of over this whole New England team. We're on a journey and all this bullshit. It's the same fucking team. You've, you've lost Owen Farrell and Courtney Loss. It's the same
0: team? Yeah. I feel like I understand what they're saying in terms of a new identity. But it being England, if they have to choose between trying to win every single game and trading two or three games to establish a new identity, yeah, they're going to battle for those games and be this weird mutant hybrid of we're going to throw the ball at our own faces until something <laughs> yeah. happens. And they're not they are not going to commit to the change because they have already decided we are going to do both things simultaneously. We are going to try yeah. to win every single game and we are going to try to change our overall attacking and defending identity. And what we're left with looks like cat puke on a field. Yeah, I wouldn't have used those <laughs> colorful words.
1: I <laughs> like them. most because I wouldn't have thought of them. <clears throat> but I agree, like they... Uh... They just seem like they were one foot in, one foot out. And then instead of committing, they just keep trading which foot's where. Yeah, Like they don't seem to
0: commit to either one. So Redpath finally got the chance to show what he had. What do you guys think he showed? He's the best. He's he's one
2: of the best 12s in the prem. The guy needs to play.
0: Yeah, literally other than one play
1: where he was just... I don't know what was going on in D, but the Waboso try was probably oh, because ooh. Red Path was just nowhere near the right spot. Yep. Other than that, single play played for wasn't it wasn't actually red path's luck, he was too tight. He was way yeah. too tight. Oh, no, but I say, but as a, Hort, But this is a compliment, right? Yeah, but King Long Hort thing.
2: left him out to dry. King Hort shouldn't have gone that fast. Yeah. Because it's like everything. You cover into L and then we all hope we can all do our best to go out. King Hort
1: Oh, yeah, I'm not in, saying 100%. Fairness, right about, he might have thought he was on the same wavelength, but he wasn't.
2: And yeah. King Court, let's say 50-50. They fucked it up. Yeah, But right? I mean,
1: like that's it's, again, this, I meant that in like, the, the compliment way, where that's literally the only thing you could say he didn't do. Yeah. Dynamite. yeah. But I, I will eat my words,
2: though, because Jones, up hello to a 2. I don't know what it is with England. I don't know what it I is. Don't. How many times he needs to fucking, like, pretend he's going out the back. Yeah, <laughs> like... England he's going to fake you out and he's, yes. I'm assuming it's a defensive thing where Slade overshot right he must have been yeah. 100% sure it was going behind the back because they're just gonna go wide he fucking ate him alive you yeah. could see it
1: in Slade's face I think before Jones caught oh, the ball yeah, yeah. Like, fuck he could me see, the yeah. ball wasn't coming he could see it right yeah amazing was, amazing yeah that was I think mean, it's funny because that's such that looks like such a simple thing to like a uh, uh, like a recreational player or a non-player but that is really hard to do that oh, right read on the I right wish. on the moment I wish we had Boom. video like, yeah it's the hips
2: Wild. it's those those hips because everything about those hips are telling you he's going up the back yeah. his hips are too far over he has to go up the back that way that's why he's doing it yeah right and then when he looks
1: he does the shoulders everything and he just lets it go yeah it was like that it's Like it was that, almost that, like that gotta, like, oh, man, cartoon it. lamp thing where like the table goes but the lamp just stays there he just kind of let go of the ball Yeah, just floated and boom. Hot take, man. I think he's probably one of the best
2: in the world at that fake behind the back. Mm -hmm. Like He's very good at selling the behind the ball every single time. And generally, more often than not, it goes back there because that's just how rugby is. Exactly. But fuck, when it doesn't, you still think it's going back. And more often than not, the camera's following him because he thinks it's going back. Yeah,
1: He's so fucking good at it. You've also got to respect the fact he's a fucking unit. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be fully ready to make that hit if he just fakes both and then runs Mm -hmm. you down. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think that he was in almost in Lawrence's head because Ollie Lawrence really... Is a 13.
0: Yeah, but he really didn't do a lot. But Lawrence was a better player than he was oh, on Saturday. Oh, God, yeah. And that's what I mean. I wonder he if that might have been it. He just went out of his depth. Yeah.
2: They are one of the collection of some... Of their, that England team has a collection of some of really, really good players. Yeah. there are some exceptional players. Ollie Lawrence is one of the best players in the Prem. George Ford, oh, on, on, on his day, is a very good fly half. Yeah. When he's not, I'm going to say it, when he's not bound to a, pl- a playbook that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly. You have some of the, mon- you have monsters all over the print that, that can play in that pack. And they chose, guy, I chose a guy at eight who's a seven. I like Ben Earl. Yeah. I don't like the celebrating because I think it's ridiculous. And don't act like you no. need to be a part of every moment. You don't. You're celebrating scrumblings. You're celebrating. No, fuck off.
1: Yeah. You're like, a pastor. I don't, I don't, get, it. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, settle down.
2: He's a good seven. Exceptional seven. He's got yeah. an eight. You exactly. amazing eights all over the league. So, I don't know if it's a personal thing. I don't know what it is. The Borthwick way is the English way, and they will stick with him because he can win you games. Just not that way. No. So, when they go to Twickenham, they will bore the fuck out of everyone. But they will give the Irish a run. Right. Yeah. They yeah. will give the Irish a run. And for me, would have kept Dingwall at 12. Would have put Lawrence at 13. Unfortunately, Slade. But then Slade on the bench gives you options everywhere yeah. on the backfield, right? And so, why is Elliot Daly on that field? <laughs> I, I know. I'm assuming because his left foot. Right. I'm, I'm freaking, would be Zuka. my guess. It's huge. Right. It's yeah. huge, right? So you got rid of Stewart. So I don't think you can get rid of both. My I would have my guess would have been I would have thought he got rid of fucking Daly and put Stewart there right because I mean the the, the thing that like I hope it's not a mind game that he's trying to play on Finn Russell and be like oh we don't have Freddie Stewart you can't kick to us now because we're running yeah. I don't think Finn Russell works that way he's just gonna play what he play, whatever he sees in front of him he's gonna do yeah. yeah so like that's what that's what makes him so good to be honest yeah, yeah. Well, dude he's the best fly half on the planet at the moment he's playing the best rugby of his life at thirty two. Yeah. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. He's playing the best rugby of his life, and he's entertaining. He's good
0: to watch. He doesn't get flustered. The, no, the Maverick tag is gone. Like, yeah, he's too composed for it. No, I think. Yeah. And you look at the conversations he was having with the ref yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Low key, but very solid. Very yeah, useful. Exactly. It's a good.
2: He. I, I. That's why I think we talked about. Him. That's why I love him being a captain. He's he's always chilled out. Yeah. He's always exactly. chilled out, and he's not anytime. Again, he doesn't come from that bi- bigger Sexton mold where it's confrontational to a point. Right, he's just yeah. super chilled. Even when he's asking a question, you know he's trying to get a decent answer for yeah, certain exactly. well, penalties. He's still chilled out. So as a ref, I imagine your like your guards down. So I, I don't know. And then the the, the some of the stats that I was, I was trying to look for some odd stats in this game. Again, New England, right? We're all about like we're playing rugby. We're looking to excite the fans. England scored last year 11 tries versus Italy, Wales, and Scotland combined. 11 tries. I understand. So, Scotland, the same team, I'd say, as last year. Italy, more or less the same team. Wales, shell of last year's team. Right, yeah. They scored 11 tries. How many tries do you think they've scored this year? Six. Yes. Yep. Wow. Six. Yeah. I'd say there's a problem. I was going to guess seven, but yeah, either way. So, this New England team brought in the South Africa attack coach to do their defense. So I'm not sure what people are getting confused here about Felix Jones. He was not the attack coach for South Africa. Right. Right. He yeah. was... That is... Sorry, he was the attack coach. Not the defensive coach. Yeah. But they brought him in, and they've got a guy who is a legend. <laughs> like That's that fine English logic. Yeah, he's a yeah. legend in those circles. He's a legend in England, and they're going to
0: put him in skills, and he's going to move on? for. No, it's this. like getting Keanu Reeves to play Hamlet. Yeah, it just like, doesn't make sense. You know, nothing wrong with the role, nothing wrong with the guy, <laughs> yeah. not the right yeah, exactly. guy for yeah, the role.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I will Same. say this: I will think Mike Cat is on his way out of Ireland at the end of the Six Nations. I would, I would think Steve Borthwick. I would think everyone in our viewers gonna say you need to pick him up. You need to do something. You need to make concessions. You need to bring him in. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, look at Ireland, Mike Cat. Ireland,
1: Mike Cat. Proofs in the pudding. The thing with the like the 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 new if anyone can't catch a home we keep like air, air quoting the new, which means they are new. They're finding new ways to blow and suck, but whatever. Not only they're not really producing much, but the players themselves don't overall even look that inspired. So like, they, they don't look comfortable. Yeah, it's like doing. even if you're unsure of it, you should be, like if you're on that field, you should be able to. I mean, again, we're talking about the highest level, but somehow rally, somehow at least like look like you are. Fully, hundred percent, given everything, it just doesn't quite seem across the board that's happening. And they're also not really producing any of this new stuff they're talking about. So it's like it just seems like a weird mix that's obviously only going to result in one way.
0: Yeah, it feels it feels like their new defense is South Africa's defense from last year, Uh and their new attack, whatever it is, just doesn't seem to be working because they're lost in transition. So, I was following Squidge Rugby's tweets during the oh, game. Yes. And one of the things that he said was, after 20 minutes, is that the difference in this game is that Scotland has a Doohan van der Merwe and England doesn't. <laughs> doesn't hurt <laughs> to have in your back pocket. <laughs> and given VDM's hat trick, you know, do we say he was the difference in this game? No. Is that giving him too much credit? No, he was a huge part of it, and I, I think... Um he deserves
2: all the credit he scored a hat trick he, he played well that one he burned Ben Arrow and then Slade yeah. like there's not many wings on the world in the world that could have done it he's so fast and he's so big yeah um, no because I think there's so many players that did well but the, I think Scotland's forwards stood up yes yeah. they did yeah. England tried to hammer them like yeah. and the, the I, I, to beat Scotland you, trapping Finn Russell I don't think necessarily works but if you don't give Finn Russell a bit of a platform so going forward no forward ball and if you, to do that, you got to beat the shit out of Scotland's forwards. Yeah. If you can't do that, I think you kind of you can't box in Finn Russell, and they couldn't do that. So I think between Finn Russell, Ben White, and Toopolo even before, even after he came off, even at Redpath, Hugh Jones, mm. all these guys added Kinghorn not so much, and Stain not so much. I think they, no, had, they had Stain just quietly did yeah, his job, they, but he didn't, didn't have, have a big job. job to do. But that entire back line I think, should get a lot of credit for that victory. Yeah. They did a lot of work. Oh yeah. yeah, Vandermeer is just
0: the perfect specimen to
2: finish it off. But, we, yeah.
0: but let's flip Squidge Rugby's quote on its head and say this is not necessarily about Vandermeer as much as it is England's lack of any kind of X-factor in attack. They yeah. don't have it. Like, Maybe Faye yeah. could turn into that, yeah. but right now they don't have an X-factor. You want to take this one or because
1: I will go on a fucking rant right now. Oh, well, oh, I just have a, sm- a small thing. It was just like a bit of a side, like a, another little note on the Vandermeer thing. Side comment, and then rent. Yeah, <laughs> just, just saying, no. like, hey. <laughs> one of those, one of the three tries, and is the one you mentioned where he just, I mean, Ben Earl, I'm sorry, there's nothing you're doing to stop Vandermeer on that. No. But those other two, and it just goes on with you're saying like, that one was all Huey, the Huey Pilato in yeah, the middle. Yeah, combo, yeah. He, and then like a good wing. Yeah. Not daily. <laughs> he was on his horse. <laughs> Boom, got it. Finishes it from maybe 10 meters out. The other one, I remember it was a great carry by somebody. Finn Russell kicks over to the guy who was wide open by a mile. Just catched it, scores. And he said, like, that's why, again, you could have put a couple of wings in that position. They would have scored. Right. It just happened to be the same guy who is the cheat code of wings. Yep. But over to JT. Yeah. So you're picking, again, Daly on the wing. Okay, yeah.
2: so Daly's not lighting up the premiership. He's not a winger, in, in my opinion. He's no, not lighting up the premiership. Guys who are lighting up the premiership, there's Freeman who's in the team, Feo Bosu who's in the team, um, but they don't, I mean, Feo Bosu played fucking 10 minutes. He actually looked pretty fucking good. He, he did. It looked like it was like, hey, you're on, just go out there and do whatever you gotta Light do. Light it up. And he did. In yeah. fairness well, to I I him. just try sums it up. There was no set play. He just no, instinctively just hit it and saw it instantly, ball, boom. Caught a hole. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Freeman is having, the, I think, the best season of his life in the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cato Murray has been a bit injured. Best season he's ever had last year for Quince. Yeah. Um, Phenomenal. Will Muir, fucking horse. He's finished in a lot of tries. that yeah. Daly is not. But again, <laughs> what is the point of having X-Factor if the guy's inside you, you don't have the capabilities to get you the ball or the game plan to get you the ball? Okay. Yeah. So that's Fair the point. problem. Fair point. The problem is the game plan. He's picking people like... Picking someone like Daly because there's a certain strategic advantage to having Daly. Same thing with Stewart. Stewart, and I think that's why Furbank was picked instead of Stewart this week, is because Furbank can play. Attack, you know, exactly. Right? Attack so and he, play. He's, he's a second fly half, right? He can play out there in those channels where as a Stewart at six foot five, he's a bit slower. He's kind of going to make a pass or he's just going to truck it up type of thing, right? It's different. They're picking players to fit a certain game plan, which is... Boring, boring, boring. But again, it's English style of rugby. I want to beat the shit out of you. I'm going to put you in a in a very uncomfortable position and then grind out the wins. Because as long as they're winning, they're okay. It's when yeah. they start losing that people, are, the pitchforks are going to come out. Right. And again, I don't think people are going to be super excited that you tried to play, especially when you tried to play and it was really, really bad. But your saving grace was you running twickers. Once you're at twicking them, you play like that. You're gonna hear eighty thousand people booing you. Right. Yeah. And that is. That is. You're not connecting with the fans anymore. Right. No, no matter how far you park the bus for your walk. Yeah. I know. Just these more than a chance to throw things at you. For the record, I still think they'll beat Ireland, and I still think they have a chance of winning. I just I wish they would utilize some of the players they have.
0: And for our listening audience, we should know that when it comes to predictions, I'm afraid JT is the only one left with any credibility. But yeah, it when like it brought. comes to credibility, let's talk about France and Italy. I can't. All right. I'll
1: say something positive. Here we go. Here we go. Guy who made his starting debut for Italy, Ross Vincent, have a day. Yes. 18 tackles. What was it? Uh, I wrote it down somewhere because I couldn't. Six carries, 40 meters, and that actually, I think, undersells how much he did in that game. He was everywhere. And uh, maybe that goes. Maybe that's why he's a good Domino's delivery driver. I connect because he just gets everywhere, he which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
0: as a, as a story, that's last, amazing. Not a
1: problem. I need twelve. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now I will say, when it comes to positives for Italy, I have to put my hand up for Menoncello. Oh. Holy moly, yeah. that guy is harder than a beaver's molars. I could not believe it. And that was Canadian. that was him putting that was putting him out to wing. Yeah. away from the centers because they wanted to put Maury in to to see what kind of grind he had there. Menoncello found work everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Same with Garbisi. He played really,
1: really good game. He had like 11 or 12 tackles. Yeah, Garbisi had, had a solid had to tackle to a at one point. Yep. Didn't look great, but he made a tackle. <laughs> In fairness, who wants to step in front of a friggin' free, free train? That dude is huge, man. My Oof.
0: choice for front row of the week is actually the Italian hooker, Nicotera, who had an incredible game. He was actually, by the time he came off, he came off 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, he was second behind Lamarro for tackles. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh,
2: with him, uh, Fischetti, and either Riccioni or the Ferrera, the guy who came in at the end. Oh, Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. That's a pretty good front row for Italy at the moment, yeah. right? Yeah. So hopefully hopefully everyone end, ends up being fit and they can kind of put those guys together. Just the first half, like, it's a bit of a combo. It's a weird one because you watch France in that game and you're like, if you're Wales and Cardiff, I'd say you'd be licking your lips, especially mm. in the second half. First half, you'd be a bit scared because it wasn't necessarily. It was France not being able to finish yes. opportunities because they made a shit ton of opportunities. Yes, they did. They couldn't capitalize on some of those opportunities. And then it was another good chunk of Italy fucking grinding out the defense. Yeah. They did some exceptional work. When you have guys, two guys who are 130 something kilos, like that's a lot of man coming at you. And Italy doesn't have anyone on that scale. They had five locks in their team because they
1: needed size. Right. That's how undersized they are. So they, uh, in, they gave up in the forward pack, and just shy of 12 kilos a guy. A guy. It was 100 kilos. Right? Yeah. 95, They're, I wrote it down. Oh, 95? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why. We were one kilo away from exactly 12 kilos a guy. Yeah, so the, the, again, with Italy in that first half,
2: what really screwed them over is amazing defense, amazing defense. Get a turnover, get a penalty, something, and then just completely do something ex- Completely insane. Like some of them can't exit. Yeah.
0: Fucking twenty-two. Okay. My whole thing was Italy in on the offense, attacking inside their twenty-two, were suicidal. Yeah. <laughs> they were like squirrels on a highway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Italy on defense inside their twenty-two was homicidal. They were yeah. out to ruin people, that was and they were punching so far above their weight. It was ridiculous. And Garbisi against Tulangi was a classic example of that. It wasn't pretty. But he took the punishment and stopped the guy. I will say this: that Tuolangi kid
2: plays like a fucking Tuolangi oh. man, and I mean it in a good way and a bad way. You watch if you get if anyone ends up watching that game again. There's a few rucks that kid enters. Mm-hmm. Someone's gonna take exception sooner or later. Yeah, to yes, exactly. Someone's yes. gonna take exception to some of the stuff he's pulling. But at 100 and whatever the fuck he is, he's getting away with it for now.
0: And his fens. Like, he gets rolling in the open. Yeah, he's a big boy. I mean, at 19, he's doing this. Like, I figure he's going to have a bit of a sophomore shakeup, like everybody does. Yeah. But that being said, he gets established. Look out. Yeah. Because when he rolls, he's intelligent. <laughs> and I also love the fact that they now have two Taufey Fanua brothers. Yeah. In, uh... Or is it Taufey Yeah. 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 I... That coming on as subs, Román yeah, now Sebastian. It's yeah. just like, oh man, this team doesn't get any smaller.
1: No, you know, it's which is why I think going away from this game, they should be very humbled right now. Yeah, because even I wrote down like back and it was a back and forth battle in the front rows between uh, just trading scrum penalties, and it was yep. each was... each of the starting
0: four props legitimately earned at least one penalty in the scrum. I thought that is phenomenal. That was so weird to me because I thought. My impression watching the game was that Italy was getting ruined in the scrums. Yeah, mm. it wasn't reality, until later on. Italy the reality celebrated. was is that it evened out. Yeah. And it was, I think France had the slight margin on it, but maybe by one or two penalties.
2: Yeah. Backup tighthead is a scrummager, though. Ooh, oh, yeah. What I can't oh. say
1: his name. Fer- oh, Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah. He is yeah. a proper scrum. Yeah, I remember laughing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. he's a proper scrum. Oh, yeah, Ferrari's got horsepower. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Shocker. A, he's a proper yeah.
2: scrummager. So it, it, it's good to have him because he shores it up. And, I mean, again, Italy's got some injuries at tight head. So, like, when they get they get some of those props together. Like, like Reggione. Yeah. Like, they, they have some good to, yeah. good stocks up front, man. Yeah. And good stocks at lock. Back row. I think back row is looking really, really good to the point where you're kind of going to, like, you're going to be able to change it depending on who you're playing. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly.
0: And they you could tell that they were missing Seb Negri and yeah, Canone. And
2: yeah. So, I just... Again, let's not... Last time they played each other, Italy lost by 53 points. Yeah. I'm not sure what that says about Italy. It might, may say more about France than anything. Which, yeah. Which is probably
0: not looking good. I, uh, <laughs> well, continuing with the horsepower and vehicle metaphors, what I felt like when I was watching this game was mm-hmm. that France was like a Bugatti on a test track with one flat tire. And <laughs> Italy was like a Volkswagen minibus on the California coastal highway. <laughs> yeah. Just rrr, rrr, back and forth, <laughs> rocketing down. And hitting whatever's you know, in the way. And hitting with, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And France is so close to being this performance machine, but something's missing. Yeah. And, you know, yes, maybe we can say it's DuPont, but it isn't just DuPont. It, it's They're lacking something that's not gelling together. And Italy was just all over the map, but they were flying and they wouldn't stop. Now, Garbisi penalty kick. Personally, I just say hard luck. The guy didn't charge. When he saw the ball fall off the tee, he started running towards it. Not the same thing uh you're right it's
2: not the same thing but you're also not allowed to charge in general right? yeah, exactly we're not moving towards the t you're also not supposed to be within 10 meters of the kick that i
0: was wondering about
1: yeah
2: also like i understand it was generally water carriers in the area people are getting water shit but why is that water carrier right in front of like right in front of his eyesight yeah exactly why, why do you need that that's, old guy there that's not an accident yeah. like come on and why guy? does he
1: have a high-powered fan in his hand <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so they're over, yeah, those uh, Ferraris are overheating so, in
2: fairness um, this is actually one of the one thing that got the most like attention is I think Christoph Ridley the referee I think fell under a bit of pressure in his first six nation game and did nothing right I think the easiest thing to do in that position would to be just do nothing right because I think there's multiple times where you could have done something and I think it's just an opportunity where it was I don't know what to do just let it play on. In retrospect, I think he could have stopped, conferred with someone. Um, Matt Carley on the one side has been around for a while, long time. Yeah. I think he lose nothing by asking 10 seconds. Right. Just asking or just having a conversation,
0: right? Or even just saying time off and when time starts he only has what's left on the clock. Exactly. Yeah. He could the, even do
2: that. And then the prop can't, that's the other loose head prop can't decide to have a little mini run. Like, right. I just, yeah. It, it, it just was it, was, it was horrible to see and again, in a professional sport, you kind of have to figure out a way to get away from these things. Right. Like, you know what I mean? You don't want this dubious stuff over the game all the time because then that's what everyone talks about. We don't even get to talk about some of the performances of some of these guys. Like, there was actually some really good rugby being played at parts of this yeah, game, right? It was. But the top biggest talking point is a ball falling over
0: and everything that happened. You know, it, it's a very good point because... At what point do you kind of, either do you step in and say we need to upgrade the way that we're refereeing things, or do we just have to say, okay, we need to get away from talking about these moments. Because I was looking on Twitter, and there was a feed that was, or a thread that was all about Wales fans discovered the try that the referee missed uh, against Ireland. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yes. Yeah. Let it go. That doesn't Ooh. make a difference to the game. Psst. Yeah. And maybe this is a part of the problem, is that this is all happening under such a microscope. Yeah. And we need to encourage the idea, no one is perfect, no one is going to referee the game exactly right, and maybe it's bad that we've had two weeks in a row where a major decision rested on something that happened right at the end? Yeah, four France. Yeah, four friends. <sighs> yeah, four friends yeah. But golly. Funny thing,
1: I actually, I didn't even, I took notes a certain way in the first half. I didn't in the second half. But... It was France's decision-making on penalties they won that lost in the game.
0: Because
1: mm. At six, the 16-minute mark, uh, no, sorry, the 20-minute mark, they win a scrum penalty for Cyril Bay. They kick for corner, results in nothing. Two minutes later, get out of penalty, France call for the scrum, get nothing. All these kickable range. 36-minute mark, penalty for France again, the kick for corner, results in nothing because they shut down the all, go to half. That's anywhere from three to seven points, three times over. Right. You were, you gave you absolutely nothing. So you yeah. go in 10-3 when you could have been 19-3, you yeah. could have been
0: 31-3. I think it's absolutely fair to say that France blew their opportunities. Yeah. And like, they did so throughout the game. Because watching, I was
1: thinking, you know what, Oliven's almost talking himself out of being captain again. Right. Because there those weird decisions. Like, I'm sorry, what about Italy's defense was making you think, oh, we were in close... We Get a penalty, yeah. We'll just keep backing ourselves to play. Uh, no, look how that
0: worked out for you. <laughs> I felt like Luku was weirdly indecisive. Yeah. He's
1: done,
2: yeah, yeah, he's done. I think, though, I, I wouldn't be surprised if is done. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them are done.
0: Well, between the af- World Cup and this. after this game, it's the first time I felt like maybe Galtier is vulnerable. <clears throat> I, I just
2: You've been I am sure you guys have seen some of the stuff I've seen. You kind of people between reading between the lines, people know some people in camps and stuff like that and something happened with Ebenez and he's kind of pushed them aside and they brought in some different coaches and the thing with Ebenez is the thing with Galtier is he's a fucking weirdo. He is definitely weird. Right. So he's very he's, he's a weirdo, right? So Ebenez was supposed to be the guy that deals with everything else in terms of personnel. He was supposed to be the peace people person. Yeah. But without Ebenez,
0: people are getting to see Galtier, and they're not liking what they're seeing No. Here. It's just a weird dude. Well, I mean, when I was watching the Six Nations documentary, I was listening to what Deltier was saying, and I was thinking, this is pretty wild. This is kind of cool. But I wouldn't want that guy to be the guy responsible for making technical decisions either. Because it it just, it it carries eerie echoes of the French before World War II saying, what makes us better than the Germans is our elan, our fighting spirit. And that didn't turn out too well. No. They did
2: say, however, though he has a very like his rugby brain is exceptional. It's just <clears throat> he can't translate that okay. stuff, right? So he, he's like a lot of people we know. It's very
1: smart. Just you, you trying to say Bordeaux? Uh, there's a <laughs> few people in general. Him just working. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, I mean. Who do you give the job to, though? That's
2: yeah, the thing. In good France, luck. In France, you kind of live and die by the sort. Oh, got right? They bought into that four-year cycle, the whole World Cup. Everything was teed up. They brought in the dream team of coaches and stuff like that, and it fell apart. So now this isn't even a World Cup hangover. This is just burn it down.
0: Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it, it, it's genuinely odd. I find it hard to understand looking this at this. France, <laughs> this is France, baby. Yeah, this is where
1: France is. Yeah. yeah. We got France
0: back and by the way just as a side note I was watching the sevens because I wanted to watch Antoine Dupont and see how he played in the sevens and it was so funny because he got himself yellow carded uh, for playing the ball uh, when it was in the air and so he goes off for two minutes his opposition scores two tries he comes back on and is the architect of two tries in response in the next 40 seconds yeah is there anything this man cannot do are you kidding me yeah absolutely ridiculous yeah he uh I watched
2: um, again like I said I watched too much rugby this weekend and he was he was something else and again it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna take over Twitter it's gonna take over every reel the guy is a freak and everyone's gonna blow it up again because he is a freak but man I don't want to give him too much credit because he gets enough from everyone else but fuck me that guy's good yeah.
0: it is astonishing oh yeah. shit
2: it's just like a fucking cheat code yeah. Jesus exactly. Christ he really is
0: now, speaking of things Canadian, like Vancouver... Yay! So, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I was looking for Rugby Canada to tweet something about the result between the Canada Selects and the Seattle Seawolves. I had a hard time finding what the score was. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know the score, the score was Seattle 54, Canada Selects 7. Rugby Canada, which made just shy of 40 tweets... About the seven series in Vancouver this past weekend, how many tweets you want to guess they made about the scoreline? I'm assuming one when they scored. No, oh, zero.
2: That was my only. Yep. That was my hail mary. Yep. <laughs> I'm guessing we're not going to chalk that up
0: to Kingsley Jones' lose, loss record. Uh, but, well, no. I mean, I like like we talked about when the game was scheduled. I mean, what can you even say? I, I saw some people attempting to to defend it online, saying, "Well, it was a select squad. It's not like it's the national side." And I'm thinking to myself, that's the point. They're hiding the national yeah. side so that nobody can see. So this is the last fig leaf that we have. Oh, it was a select side. Are you kidding me? 54-7 to an MLR club side. Which I also
1: thought was a good laugh. Uh, Seattle's head, like their social media, what they posted it was a quote from their head coach about that in the Pacific Pride of the two games. Right. Oh I know it speaks volumes to where our team's at. We've allowed only one try each game, this and that, and like okay. Anybody who's watching or listening or even kind of following, uh they know that they know the teams you played. Like eat, dial it down the uh, Ben yeah. Earl celebration. Yes, yeah, so settle it down. <laughs> Easy. Ah, uh, yeah. So
2: positive news. Positive news. JT's is all about positivity. Now oh, famously. Now not um, name it's Gruba. So, again, I watched way too much rugby this weekend. What was not positive was the men's side. What was positive was the women's side. Correct. So... They were impressive. They yeah. were very impressive. And I think they were, like, overexcited in the first game because France did... Like, France was exceptional all weekend, too, though, so give, give, give them credit. But Canada came out and, unfortunately, lost that one, 14-26 against France. But, fuck, man, they they looked good. And it has to be said, for Canada's sevens team, it... Uh, it looks good future-wise because this is extremely young. They are a very young right? team. Apps is like the captain. She's 23 years old. And she's a veteran. Yeah. yeah. All right? we got a really young team. We watched them play. Like, man, they look exceptional. Right? Canada's second game against GBR, Great Britain, fucking demolished them. Demolished them. Right? That was actually a really good game to watch. And then Canada won on day two against Spain. And then they beat the arch rivals in the quarterfinal. final. 12 10 against the US and anyone who's watched the US they're they're quite an accomplished team at the yeah. moment. Yeah. And then came the semifinal for the women and they gave New Zealand a fucking run. It was it was one of those games where it could have we could have won it. We could have tipped it, but again I think it was one of those we're so new and young that it kind of showed. Right. Whereas New Zealand had some experienced players which made the difference for them in the end. And then that led to our third place game which is against the leaders in the Women's World Series, which right. is Australia, and they fucking did it in 1914. Yep. Which yeah. Which was uh,
0: really impressive. Oh, it was cause... an incredible game. Yeah,
2: because Australia is no slushes, man. That's a really, really no, good seven. No, that's a hell
0: of a skill. Like, Sophie de Goody, is there anything she can't do? It's just <laughs> unbelievable. And She's Ol- very good. Olivia Apps, like, she's been in the Canada Sevens program since I think she was, like, 16. Yeah. Yeah, she's... she's she...
2: I really like watching her play because I think, I think it's... I don't know if it's underrated because she is a captain. She is revered in that team, I think, but it's her passing her passing acumen from from just the ruck and stuff. Like, it's quite sharp. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that not I'm not surprised because I think she's doing okay in sevens, but I'm surprised she hasn't picked up something more and more caps for Canada and self in 15s. She is quite good. Um, for the men's side... In fairness, they started off strong. They played the leaders in the World Series, Argentina, who
0: are unbelievable. Oh, watching them play that final against oh, yeah. New Zealand. Oh my
1: God. I like, talk
0: about a team that is not going to get rattled. Holy Their shit. Their confidence in right? themselves was incredible. So, in that first game,
2: they they ran Argentina close, man. They lost 10 12. Yeah. So, and then the wheels kind of fell off from there, and they kind of just went on the spiral. Lost to Fiji 12 20 22. 1431 to Spain, and then they lost their ninth oh. semi. 1420 to South Africa, and then the 11th place game we lost again to Spain. 1217.
0: My my side note that I'll say to that uh, is that if you are going to, as a Canadian player representing Canada. If you're going to wear 99 on your jersey, <laughs> yeah. you had better be the best player Canada has ever produced. The level of
2: arrogance. I like it. Oh, no. I actually, you know, oh, I, I've, I watched him play, and I like it. He's got some humble, non-humbleness about Ooh. him. He is confident.
0: I'm and sorry. I thought he was good. Like This brings like. out my conservative side. I'm nah. like, no. Yeah, no. The you better in me is hurting. You better be putting up like Portia Woodman Bring numbers.
1: out
2: the arrogance. Let's. That's all we got now. <laughs> 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 um, but the winners New Zealand beat France in the final for the women's that was actually quite quite a good game and Argentina came back from 12 nothing to 36-12 against New Zealand yep. which was like it's wild how fast sevens games. you don't turn. need to like sevens but that final is worth watching It's it was just
0: for the fact that Argentina did not even blink yeah. at being 12 down Yeah, man, it was... they were just like no we know what we can do yeah it was really really good I was yeah watched way too much rugby yeah <laughs> I well,
1: I, sorry, I want to put yeah, it, yeah. everyone on, on the spot. I thought of this as I was pulling up today. So I wrote down all of our picks for player of the tournament for Six Nations. Okay. I went with don't Finn, hope, Tui Pilatu, Kalen Doris. Okay. Uh, J T was also Finn, Marcus Smith, which obviously he's not in the running. And Pinot, <laughs> and you've gone with Finn Vanderflier and Pinot. Do we think Wait, any who's of my th- third? Uh, Vanderfooter, Finn, and... Oh, Fitter. Finn. And no, no. Okay. Do, realistically, do we... <laughs> do we, do we <laughs> what do we think the odds any of these people are going to win it? Finn. And, yeah, uh, so again, other than him, do we think... Oh, no. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, going in, these are all credible
2: picks. Hey, England beat France and Ireland the next two weekends. Marcus Smith's in with a show. Oh,
0: oh, sure. If yeah. he plays. For the tournament. <laughs> yeah. yeah if, he go, if, if they win
1: 40 to 20 and he scores 35 points...
0: That's the same kind of thinking that tells us Kingsley Jones is putting things together in a high performance environment. He would beat Cambridge at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. I can't believe no one picked Bundy. Like watching the I guy. Know.
1: Still, or we didn't even bring up Vandemurva once. But like again, all on a player. Probably he's probably not going to win it. Yeah, he, like, well, he's not. I pace. Don't know. He could. yeah, he could, but like it, again, he's his name got wasn't even mentioned. His name wasn't even mentioned. Yeah. It was. Just, I just thought of pulling up. I'm like, wow, like we... Like, in Vanderbilt, starting, but... Not really. He's just there. Yeah. Peno, I don't know what's going on. He, I mean, he but again, was, it kind of speaks the whole thing to he the He was
0: better against oh, yeah. Italy.
1: Okay, you but, know what? Maybe it's not fair because of what we you know we can do. Yeah. And he's still actually... Yeah, he's actually not playing bad, but... But not
0: the player of the tournament.
1: No. Sure. And like, Sioni, maybe, depending on the next two games go, because he's playing decent. Yeah. But he would have to have two really good games to be in the running for it legitimately. Yeah. Andrew Porter. Oh, I hate that it's actually not bad.
2: Oh, come I mean, on. He's played the most minutes, arguably with, like, anything outside the scrum. Like, the scrum is the biggest question mark for him. Outside the scrum, he's doing extremely well. That's true. And, and he's be- not getting penalized. I think it'd be nice just to have someone that is outside the usuals there. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like... For for Furlong actually, like he only played half the game, but I thought he was fucking really good
1: for half the game. But he was. He was to extremely that point. good for we half the game. We didn't say our front row of the week, and I had Furlong down as tight head. <laughs> He would have been my tighthead. Yeah. yeah,
0: Furlong would have been my tight head. I've already named Nicotera. Yeah, He's exactly. Which I I don't have. I a can't loose the head. Speed. That
1: it. was a problem. I, I, I actually circled either Porter or Schumann. Yeah, just the only two I thought because yeah. no one else really stood up to no, me, no, which was, I was really zero funny. By, but like he, I can't. He would, the, the. I didn't even so. I, what I've been doing is just writing down the start in front rows and then circling who I think is in contention. Uh, I couldn't even put anybody from Italy or France from the props because it was such a back and forth. I said yeah. all four of them at some point won a penalty and got penalized. Yeah, so it's like it was some. It was some great scrounging. But I, like, would, I, I would
0: have to say Scumen for lack of yeah. anyone else. who takes
1: it. it. Yeah, I. I. I'm legitimately torn with Dammit Porter. I. You can't swing either way. Yeah, me too. Because, again, Porter scrumming wasn't great, but same day, same time. You're a, fellow prop, or you're a former prop, John yeah. Hook. You were scrumming right beside this, the fun stuff. You were next to where all the action happened. <laughs> front yeah. row seat for the front row. <laughs> See <laughs> enough. But at the, end of the day, he was wearing the penalties. He was. Does he deserve them? Absolutely not, but he won. That's <laughs> no. that dark art. he can, won it.
0: How could referees, like, coaches must be talking to referees before games, saying, yeah. look at how Porter... Yeah. Uh, burrows in. Yeah. He was facing you down angry. the channel. How yeah. did you think it was the other guy? Like that Irish was... eyes are smiling at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Nicotera, Schumann, Ty in sort of question marks with a slight French. Is he not getting Porter in there? I'm no, not, I know. no. <laughs> no, uh, no uh. absolutely not. Just, okay, I'm sorry. You know, we talked about him being a 50 cap front row. This is the guy who's having his blindside flanker push his elbow yeah, up. Like one time a man, he pushed it up. The other time he puts his fist underneath yeah. the elbow pushed and is holding it, pushed it there. Pushed it
1: twice in one scrum.
0: I got you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, I do like that this... way. twice in one scrum. Like, yeah. So he forgot three seconds later.
2: Boop. I'm surprised Boop. no one talked about Genge.
1: <sighs> yeah, right? I don't. I. To me, it, I never it, thought i wasn't say this. bad, but he wasn't. I don't think He was in the mix for this week, for the guy. No, week. it's
2: not. Not for that. I just. Yeah. I'm.
1: I'm. I'm quite surprised. Like, what?
2: What point of difference is Genge Offer at the moment? Because his point of difference is a ball carrier, right? Yeah. As a loose head prop, he brings that point of difference right. as a ball carrier. Yeah, you don't. In you that game, Rhino
1: was from running, not. From yeah, that running. game. Yeah.
2: I would say I Baby Rhino's was, going back to the fucking nursery in that he game. he
1: was on the field a couple yeah, times. Yeah, man, like...
2: Uh,
0: the only thing I would say is some of his defense. <sighs> some of the blitz defense. But... More often than
2: not, when he blitzes on his own, he gets caught out because yeah. Yeah. he's got the speed, but he doesn't have the side-to-side, so right. most people can step beside him, and he falls over a lot. Like like a rhino, really. Like a rhino, yeah. actually. Yeah. You could Ben a Like, know. he's a destructive man. They he can't even, can't even get play. on the bench. He can't even no, get on the yeah. bench. Like, oh. again... Back to this, like we're on a journey. I can't even say Steve Orthodox accent. Of this. <laughs> on a fucking journey to nowhere. That's where they're on a the journey again. Yeah, sorry, I didn't get it. Anyways, did you? You guys didn't see any highlights from Super Rugby games? I'm assuming. No, I saw quite a bit actually. Did you see the Hurricane Scrim half? Yeah. That last name reminds you of anyone? I don't anyone. Was what was it? Jordy. Uh, how do you say? Uh, how, how do you say the lookalike's last name? Vilion. Villion. Jordy villion Hmm. Yeah. Goodness his cousin. Name. Wow. No, it's his cousin. Yeah, no. Yeah. 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 It's his oh, that's cousin. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so was well, fucking. We're not gonna interview. hear the end of that. No, I know I gave the interview after the game, and I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, I uh, just saw your cousin play, and he seems way cooler than you in the interview." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... dude. In fairness, you look you, like you. If you if you catch a photo, like he looks like him. That's amazing, crazy. But wow. He's a like he's a South African heritage. In New Zealand with like a uh, one of those one of those. Oh, brain. he's got the Padawan yeah. braid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny.
1: It's so funny. So all I did was picture
2: I picture him with the braid. Oh no. Can you imagine bald oh, with the that
0: brain? Is a braid? <laughs> wow. That is a dark metal image. So yeah. Also, I have to say from this weekend I learned, I don't know if the rest of you here in Canada know this, but did you know that we can't get Irish butter? But across the border, you can get quality Irish butter. And for anybody who was over the border this weekend, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And for anybody else, you'll think, why the fuck is he talking about Irish butter? Did you bring a sponsor? Is, it, is this like a sarcastic quality? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know how to read this. No, I'm told it is because Irish cows are only grass-fed and that they have the highest quality grass that they eat. And consequently, their butter is delicious. Wow. So, strange and cryptic, but if you know, you know. I thought you got some sort of Irish butter sponsor yeah, for I the know. pod. Yeah, I know. I would like yeah. to have an Irish butter sponsor for the pod. But unfortunately, Word Canada is not allowed to import Irish <laughs> butter. I don't know why this is, but I haven't gone into the specifics. Wow. So on that cryptic note, we're going to leave things for this week. And we'll just leave you with, as always, Fuck Kingsley, Kingsley Jones. Jones. Have a great week, everybody.